Hey there, fictional friends, and welcome to a new episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And it is the second week of our coverage of apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic apocalyptic. Good lord. Whew, it's the beginning of the year. Fiction. Why did we choose this subject in January? I don't know. <laughs> I j- it made sense to me at the time. <laughs> but I just feel like we're like putting like sad on top of no, sad. No, I agree with you. I know. It's kind of <laughs> stupid, but what are you going to do? <laughs> It's fine. Yeah. It's cold and miserable, and I guess we were looking for something to feel cold and miserable with, so... Join me in my misery. Well, last week it was just join us in our irritation about the host. Such a bad movie. <laughs> we talked about last week, if you guys had like totally forgotten that that movie and book honestly existed, uh, go listen to our episode from last week, because it was pretty good. It was pretty funny. What was it? Yeah. I have to say, pat us on the back, pat, pat, you know? <laughs> Uh, Anyway, but in continuing, I guess in that sphere and sort of transitioning more into speaking about like the literature aspect of things this week, we're going to be taking a look at a lot of the differences between sort of um, young adult apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fiction and like adult, like regular general apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic fiction, whatever you'd like to call it. Um, Because I think as we were kind of talking about getting this whole like this whole year started and talking about the subject itself we were kind of speaking about that because we realized how different the tone is if you're looking at YA versus non-YA fiction that's set in like an apocalyptic sphere um or type of story like uh, you know sort of post-apocalyptic dystopian like all those things that kind of fit together Mm. it's really very different if you take a look at it um and really kind of like look at the nuances that exist in both and i'm sure that there are very good reasons for that uh but before we get started with that it's the beginning of a new year let's see how everything is going for everyone shireen what's on your nightstand right now i'm reading again Twenty twenty four starting off on a high note for you. <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, I read the fine print, um, which I do not recommend. Uh, it was yeah, crap. I think I read the first two books in that series, and the second one was better with the older, really serious brother there. Maybe. The oldest one, yeah, it was better. The first one, I was like, eh, okay, whatever, sure. Yeah, um, it was okay. I just, I whatever. I just. I didn't care for it that much, I think, because I personally have dated somebody who's really rich, and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, God, why are we, like, romanticizing these people? They're yeah, the these worst. Like, terrible rich people. <laughs> <laughs> and the way he treats her is, like, yeah, spot on. Like, yeah. no. Anyway. Um, but, yes, I read that one, and then um, I'm starting on Fourth Wing, so. Yeah. So that'll be exciting. That I can't wait for, because that is way more my jam. You got both of the books in that series for Christmas. I so, did. So you'll be able to actually hop onto that soon, yeah. which is fun. Exactly. Yay. What about you, Megan? Um, I, what did I just finish reading? Oh, yes. I just finished um, The Hacienda by Isabel Kenyes. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a sort of, I guess, like, if you want to call it kind of like modern Gothic Mexican um, set story that's about, that's it, like, sort of post-Mexican Revolution, uh, a young woman marries a Don, um, which is, like, a lord, mm. basically, because, uh, her family was quite wealthy, but her father was killed, uh, right. when the insurgents and everything occurred, and she kind of has no choice in the matter, so she marries a rich man, moves into his house, um, it's got, it's, uh, it's really got, 
feels of like Rebecca. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, because there was a previous Donna who was like the previous, his previous wife who lived there, who died under strange circumstances Interesting. and things. And there's something, you know, they move in and the staff is a little bit odd and his sister lives there, but she's also very off putting and very strange. And there's just something wrong with the house. Basically. Interesting. I find that this one leans a little bit more into, uh, like the haunting aspect mm-hmm. as opposed to Rebecca, which, you know, kind of takes a little bit of a different turn in the yeah. third act sort of. Um, but I did appreciate, I, you know, I liked the characters. Um, I liked the atmosphere of it. I, it didn't grip me as much as I wanted it to. I was oh, really, really kind of looking for something a little bit scarier mm-hmm. and a little bit more, I guess I was expecting there to be like a more of a twist to a certain extent in the story, which I didn't really get that much. It was well-written, like it was really good. And I would be curious to read, I know she has another, um, a second book, which I haven't read yet, but I do have a copy of at home, The Vampires of El Norte, which is about vampires. Um, So I'm going to probably give that one a shot sometime this year as well. But I did enjoy it, and I enjoyed her style of writing and everything. I think she's an excellent author. I just, like, I think I was expecting a little bit more from the story, so it was sort of middle of the road for me. Fair. Yeah. Okay. So, getting out of the Mexican Revolution and into post-apocalyptic and apocalyptic fiction. Um, Okay. I think, I don't know how we should do this. I feel like, should we talk about, I guess, like what we find like the aspects are that are similar? Yeah. Because there probably aren't quite as many and then get into the differences of things to an extent. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, granted, obviously, if you're looking, whether you're looking at young adult or not, in terms of like post-apocalyptic fiction, um, you can get all kinds of different ones and all in any kind of fiction that you're reading that way in the, in in the sense of like, sometimes it's a disease or an infection and sometimes it's, um, uh, like an An invasion or that's it, like an atomic, uh, bomb of some kind or an invasion by another species or things like that. So I think all of those, you get those in every sphere. It doesn't matter if it's young adult or not, but I feel like, most of the time there's that you're normally following one or two characters, generally speaking. It's not usually like that many to start off with. There are exceptions, obviously. Yeah. There are some that follow, uh, you know, five or six or however many different characters and are told from multiple viewpoints. But I find that most of the time it's like there's something with this type of story where the author is trying to isolate the characters, yeah. which does make sense, obviously. And I'm sure that it would feel very isolating in most cases as well. So that's probably what they're trying to do but I find that once you get into the nitty-gritty of what the conflict of the story is yeah and what all of the characters are trying to accomplish that sort of where and like the tone is really where things start to veer off in a totally different direction yeah and I just I think yes the tone for sure but it's also kind of how they do the setting so sometimes like to your point uh, it's very clear what's going on. You know, uh, sometimes they'll be very much in depth of what the situation is. This is what happened. Here's the history. It's true. Yeah. The and exposition of, yeah. Um, but sometimes, and I find this is more in the YA stuff. Mm-hmm. They won't even tell you what's going on. No, we just know that it's a mess. <laughs> there's and almost no setup. <laughs> yeah. And we just dive right into the story and it's more about the characters and their interactions. And less about the world that they live yeah. in kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah, that's true. It's true. You really start to veer off into where that's it like with 
general sort of post-apocalyptic fiction, much of the time you're given a lot of backstory in, yeah. the, in terms of like, how did we get here? Yeah. Like what happened for us to get to this point where all of these terrible things have occurred and humanity is uh, hanging by its last thread kind of thing yeah. versus where, the, where it's true, where uh, I guess part of it too, I think comes into an aspect of sort of naivete yeah. for the characters where I think in a lot of YA stuff, uh, the characters are younger. Uh, they're less experienced with just any aspect of the world itself. Yeah. And so it's easier in cases like that for the author to kind of skirt Gloss around over. sort of things because it's like, we don't get to understand as much about it because the characters themselves don't necessarily understand as much about what's occurred. Right. And, but then again, you will get others where the whole point of the story is to find out what happened. Yes. Yeah. So I read a, you know, a, a novel at one point, it's called the chrysalids. Mm-hmm. And the whole point was to figure out like what actually happened. It's true. In this and world. that is true. Yeah. The chrysalids is a really good example. Cause it's also yeah. like, it's young characters yeah. and everything, but it's so rare. I find that you see that where the focus is, it's mostly like stories like that are mostly focused on slightly older characters. It is. Yeah. You know? Um, what, what am I thinking of right now? Oh yeah, something along the lines of like The Stand by yeah. Stephen King is mm-hmm. very very heavily focused on finding a solution to rebuild yeah. and understanding what happened in the first place. Like right. how did what happened? How did we get here? And then how are these characters dealing with the fallout? But really like rebuilding things as opposed to just finding Surviving. each other and finding a way to live kind yeah. of thing. Like they rebuild an entire sort of society of people. Um, throughout the course of that story. So it's a very different thing than if you look at, like, what was that one that we talked about, like, last year? How I Live How Now. How I Live Now. Yeah. 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 That was, like, during. Yeah. Like, yeah. And like, it's, it's just started It's as just well. started. And it's true. Uh, whether you're reading, like, young adult or, you know, uh, just adult, I guess. Yeah. Um, a lot of it hinges on where we are in the story yes. of this apocalypse. Yeah, like, like, is it just beginning? Did it happen a while ago? Is it happening during the story? Yeah. Or are we in rebuilding phase? Are we in survival phase? Like, yeah. what's going on? And that will obviously dictate the... Um, you know, the relationships, the interactions, yeah. well, uh, like the world itself. Yeah. And like, well, like something like The Stand, I mean, it's an absolutely massive book. Yeah. And The Stand is one of those that's all encompassing. It's before, during, and after. Oof. Yeah, Oof. it's it's starting. Everyone, everything's normal. It happens. We go through the process of everyone dealing with it happening and coming together, and then we get to the rebuilding and like fixing things right. stage of it. Because technically, like the whole that story is really about like a battle between good and evil right. forces, and they just take on the form of something like an infection, like a disease that spreads. Yeah, or then you get others like The Handmaid's Tale, for example, yes. that's written in a very interesting angle where it's you're in it so it's like the story is taking place like after you know this was more of a slow burn Mm -hmm. like end of the world kind of thing where like and it's very much after this has been because it's been this way for a while yeah and so it's you know focusing on this one character and and what's going on in her life but then in the book not the tv show but in the Mm -hmm. book there's like a um a um epilogue where it's it's basically like after the fact like 
many, many years in the future yeah. where they're studying this society at university. Oh, okay. Like, like things how have did gone back happen? to a more yeah. normal yeah. situation and now we're looking at it and we're being like, whoa, whoa, whoa how, like, did we, how did, how did that, that happen? Yeah, and like then talking about how they got out of it, but they don't really go in detail because it's ah. just the epilogue, you know? So That's, th- that, that would be a really interesting thing to explore in like more detail yeah. would be that's it like um the rebuilding after that like here's your dystopian world that you live in now where all of these things are insane and it was and imposed then, on by humans exactly like, and then yeah. it's toppled basically by yeah. the end of the story and then we get like that's it more of an exploration or you could do it like halfway through the story and then more of an exploration where like would maybe give you more detail but again right. I, obviously like having something like a tv show you can talk about that more as opposed to one novel but yeah the tv show is hard to watch for me like it's it's just too drawn out on the bad stuff yeah you know? well, it, well because they draw out the story a lot which doesn't <laughs> make course. sense i'm gonna tell you i'm gonna tell people something and they're all gonna be like what the fuck i've never watched the tv oh, show you haven't no the first season was good because it's kind of like shock value like holy sure. shit yeah. like and it does have that that tone of hope a little bit yeah but then I got to like season three and I'm like, oh God, like there's so much awful. of this. Like it's so bad. Yeah. Like every glimmer of hope gets squashed. And yeah. I just, I had to stop watching it because it's just too hard. It's too much. I have heard really good things. Like I'll probably get to it eventually. I think it was one of those that I wanted the, sh- the series to be done basically yeah. before I watched it. So I could just kind of watch the entire thing in one shot, I guess. I don't know if it's done yet. Is it finished? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not sure. I know that I think that it fell out of favor a little bit in some of the later seasons maybe also because a lot of people felt the way that you did where eventually they were like i think we should wrap this up yeah like i I cannot and and i think also because it was filmed in toronto oh yeah and it's like very obviously in toronto it's very obviously in toronto (laughs) and it's i mean canadian author margaret atwood's canadian author she lives in toronto yeah you know and so like there's a scene where they're like hanging the bodies from the um uh, town hall oh, in right, Toronto, yeah. and so uh, city hall. So every time I would walk past city hall when I lived in you Toronto, like, I, all I could see were these bodies hanging off of it. You know, like, awful, just awful. Yeah, I can imagine for people who, when you recognize places, yeah. that's so incredibly strange. Yeah, when I remember, um, what's that fucking, what's that zombie movie? <laughs> we're still in the same vein. Oh, um, warm bodies, warm bodies. Yeah, <laughs> they filmed that. We're from the Montreal area, and they filmed that and in Montreal. Bell. Yeah, um, and there are. Are like a good few scenes where you can basically see like the highway signs yeah. and stuff like from the different sections where they filmed it when they filmed it near like the Olympic Stadium in mm-hmm. Montreal and like there's like a few there's a good few scenes that are like around that area as well and you can you see it and it's very strange to be watching something I think because like we're so used to things being set in the states yeah New York City, New York City, LA, like yeah. uh, like big place, Chicago, like big places like that that we don't, it, as Canadians, we don't like see something. And yes, a lot of stuff is filmed in Toronto, for yeah. instance, in like the Toronto area, especially. They get a lot of that. Vancouver gets a lot of it, and things like that. But uh, when you don't spend too much time in one area, you're not going to recognize it that much. And a lot of the time, a lot of these places are are changed quite a bit mm. in post production. But when right. you get a film that is filmed somewhere and basically show that it is set in that one place and you yourself recognize that place it's really it's really uncanny and i'm sure that a lot of people who are used to that because they live in like new york or something they're probably like whatever whatever we do this all the time we do this all the time but for some of us it's not the exact same thing because i don't live in new york or london or a lot of these places (laughs) it's true um 
so, okay, something that you did bring up that I think is something that's a really good, I guess, aspect of the differences here to talk about is that glimmer of hope that exists mostly, mostly in young adult dystopian, apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic fiction. There is so often like this big golden thread of like hope and a goal that we're working towards that's running through. If we just reach our goal, then we will be okay. Where I find that in like the more adult stories like this, you it's more just like how do we survive the day by day yeah it's more descriptive of like your existence yes and sometimes you don't even find out like if there is anything good that happens at the end right like it's not necessary whereas like in the ya stuff there's always that glimmer of hope and there's always that one character who's who's carrying most of the hope yeah and they will inevitably get killed off and then you know the characters are forced to kind of decide and then they have to be like okay well i'm gonna do it for them yeah exactly (laughs) like there's always that like and and it's always like a little bit more encouraging because you're like okay like they're gonna make it they also (laughs) there is so often and i think that this was popularized like uh, a while like maybe 10 15 years ago there there does tend to be in the YA stuff we have to find a way to make it fun I know that sounds weird but I'm thinking from the perspective of like Hunger Games Maze Runner yeah. stuff where there's this like competition well, aspect it's like, that's it's introduced like they gamify the yeah <laughs> yeah because it like they're doing this thing because it's like they need something to you need something to keep your reader like really hooked in and I yeah. think that when you're younger you don't want the nitty gritty like really depressing not. and then this person died and then that person died and then that person <clears throat> had a miscarriage and then this happened like all ate of, the baby yeah so. that's it like all <laughs> of those aspects of things. I don't think that you want that when you're younger. Like, you know, you want something that's going to be entertaining and interesting and packed full of adventure and action and stuff. And so I think that that's why it's so easy yeah. for the your Hunger Games universe to exist and Maze Runner and Divergent and all of those types of things. And there's always, like, a love interest, like, inevitably. Oh, which God. There's so it. much more of a focus on the romance aspect of things. People coming together in tragedy and yeah. finding each other and working through yeah. whatever. Whatever. Um, you know, and I... Like, you can kind of uh, compare and contrast. I think of, uh, what is that one called? Is it called, like, Never Let Me Go or something? Um, oh. Is that what it's called? The one where they're at, like, a school in England, and it's because they were create they were clones created to oh, harvest yeah. their organs. I think I remember that. Um, and I read the book yeah. of this. I think it's called Never Let Me Go, and they made a movie out of it okay. with Carrie Mulligan and Andrew Garfield. Oh, right, yeah. Um, and so basically what's happening is that they're, they're at a school, and they all grow up together, these kids, and they don't really... I think they know what's happening, so they're clones of rich people. Mm-hmm. And as the rich people are getting older, they're coming in and they're harvesting them for their organs. Oh, okay. Um, That's like a YA version of that other one, The Island, there with you right. and McGregor and Scarlett Johansson. Right. <laughs> but it's it's YA, but it's not really YA because you're following them through their lives as they get older. Ah, okay. And like, they, they often say, like, oh, you know, they can survive one surgery they can survive maybe two surgeries but then after a but they will point. never survive and like as they get older they get sicker because right. they're losing their organs yeah. basically and it's like this romance i think there's like a love triangle going right. on between three of them okay and you're reading this and you just know it's completely hopeless right like there is no hope for them you know they find their their interactions and their love within each other 
but they have no hope and they don't try and escape and it's not about escaping or getting out of it because they know they can't because they're owned basically by these people and it's just horrible you know it's so depressing and the movie is equally depressing and you're like holy shit i could have really done with them doing like a great escape at the end having some aspect of something (laughs) yeah that's it like doing actually being able to accomplish that yeah it's true you don't really think about it no um <laughs> until that's it you read something like that and you realize like how incredibly sad that is if you remove the hope if from, you remove the idea yeah. of hope which is it's true i think that's mostly why the the ya sphere of these sorts of like post-apocalyptic stories kind of they stick together yeah. in terms of being like we don't worry like there will be there's a like you know like a rainbow at the end yeah. of all of this don't worry there's a way to fix this there's a place you can get to there is uh, something that you can do that will save at least like a portion of the people like yeah. whatever it is where yeah. yeah where that's it it's true that it's true you, you might be right maybe that one's a little bit more on like the adult um, kind of section yeah. of things or like quarter of things because it's it's hopeless. It's hopeless. Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's just them like living together and staying like you know being there for each other as much as they can through this life that they didn't ask for. Hundred percent. That's what the book is about. Wow. And it's it's horrible. That's really like, sad. It's really sad. And the movie is ten times sadder. Oh, Kira Knightley's in the movie as well. Is she? Yeah, yeah. It was like a big movie when it came out, like in England, I think. Oh, yeah, oh, sure. It was British movie. But all British people all are in British it. British people so. are in it. But yeah, so like I think that's a good example of like why you need that hopeful aspect. Like even if you think of like um, The Giver, which was a yes. YA. Um, yeah, very middle grade almost. Everybody reads it in high school. Everybody reads The Giver, yeah. Well, here anyway. Yeah, and here it was like a seventh grade read for us. Like yeah. you started high school and The Giver was one of your English class reads. Definitely. And that one's all about like the one person who holds all the memories yeah. of the past, basically. And it's like their their curse is to hold all the memories, basically. And that has a glimmer of hope because the person who becomes the new giver is like, uh, no. Yeah, <laughs> like, why not, are we doing this we're not like doing this? That. Yeah. They made a movie out of that as well. They did. I haven't seen apparently it. Apparently it's not good, mm. is what I understood. And like Meryl Streep and stuff is in it, but apparently it's not a great movie. So oh, well. Yeah, that was a really big one too. That's true. That was like that was just one of those books yeah. that everybody has I think read they at some still point. have it. Like the amount of dystopian fiction that they set us to read in high school yeah, it's weird. is horrible. Nineteen eighty four. Um what did we have? I had the Chrysalids, I had the Giver, I had Yeah, uh, it was basically all dystopian and Shakespeare. That's <laughs> like the majority of what you read. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And just like really sad stuff. Yeah. Most of the time, like I, what did I read in high school? Flowers for Algernon oh, I, I read, read in high school. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Like The Giver. Um, oh my God, this is going to be, this is going way too far back and I'm not telling people when I was in high school, but. Um, <laughs> not long enough. Yeah, well, it was long enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, God, there were just, there were like a lot of stories like The Animal Farm, 1984. Animal Farm, yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of like Orwell and older um, stuff like that. Oh God, All Quiet on the Western Front. Oof. Oh God. Yeah. No, I don't think we had that one. Lucky you. <laughs> we did, and then we, we watched a, the movie. Of Mice, of, of Mice and Men. Of Mice and Men, that's true. That was another one. Yeah. I read, uh, I did a couple of plays as well in high school. Um, 12 Angry Men, a couple of other things. Mm. That's that was, it. All like this dystopian, but a lot of it, again, with that strong tone of hope, and all I can think is that like, you know, when you create like a 
an apocalyptic story, but it's YA and you have that strong tone of hope. It's like, you know, the children of the future. So if yeah. the children can accomplish this, like, hey kids, if you all just work together, look what you can do yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I think that's the messaging going through and like, I you think know, so. and I think you we, have the power to for, to change the yeah. world. You I know? think we saw that even like in the host. It was like when the yeah. younger ones banded together and were like, no, there's a different way to do things. Yeah. Then other people started to feel the same way. Right. And yeah, it's true. I do think that you see that uh, like over and over and over again. Like you see that in the Hunger Games. Yeah. It's like, no, we're not doing Divergent. this anymore. In Divergent, you see that. It, Maze like, Runner. All of them, Maze Runner. Like yeah. all of them, it's it's pushing against the system of generally adults, like older yeah. characters, yeah. Um, to decide like we, this generation, we are not doing things the same way that you did. Yeah. Like the hundred as well was and a I, TV show. Yeah, the one hundred. That's that. true, and yeah. that's based on a book as well, isn't it? I don't know, but it was a long TV show. It like was. I watched a lot of it. And oh, I was okay, like, okay, yeah, yeah it ran for a long anymore. time. Yeah, um, and I, but and but that's it. That's all I can think of because then when you get into that's it that adult sphere of things like can there be hope in them yes obviously of obviously and yes oftentimes they do end on like a slightly more positive note most of the time. But the journey to get there is that's it's so much less about like, okay, well, we're going to fix things. We're going to change things. And more just like, I'm going to make it through this story by the end of it, guys. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just maybe things alive. will get better. Or maybe I will just be alive at the yeah. end of the story. And that's your silver lining is your lead character makes it through, basically. Hopefully there are a number else. of those. Yeah, where it's like, you know, you, you read this whole story. And at the end, it's like, well, I'm alive. And you're like, well, fuck. And you finish <laughs> it. And you're like, wow. <laughs> Great. Great. Do you even want to be alive like in this whole yeah, setting? That's it. Like, exactly. Like fuck. You know? And I, I, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah. Um, that like there's such a different tone, and it's just so funny that authors automatically know. Oh, okay. Well, adults can handle this shit, but the young people cannot. Oh. <laughs> so we're just we're not gonna make it like this, guys. It's gonna be much more nihilistic and much darker overall, um, which is why I do think that, yes, a lot of the apocalyptic and post-apocalyptic stuff um, does incredibly well in the adult sphere of things, particularly uh, like zombie apocalypse, oh, like style things. Um, yeah. You know, your Last of Us, World War Z, like all those kinds of things. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Those all, yes, those all do incredibly well because there is somewhere to go in a society that can be rebuilt. Yeah. Um, but it never it never ends on a point of like a super upswing. It always ends on a point of like, okay, we made it through. Now we're gonna see what we can do. Yeah, let's you know see what we can manage exactly. and see what we can do. Basically, yeah, uh, yeah. What's the what's another one that's like that? The girl with all the gifts is another one that's like that too. Again, ends on like a much, I guess, like a darker kind yeah. of tone and stuff. And you know, m- there will be a lot like much darker subject matter, like in something like that. You know the they're trying to find a, a cure um mm-hmm. for these kids who are basically like it's like an in, like a virus like an infection that exists and they can kill people and turn them oh wow um, but it's only affected the children. Oh, of course. Um, and they're looking for a solution. But of course, in doing so, they're they're murdering these kids that do have thoughts and feelings and stuff. So there's like a lot of, Jeez. yeah, it's there's like a much darker aspect to it. And there's like a relationship between like a couple of the adults and one of the kids, this little girl and stuff. And there's like, anyway, you know, it's, I think when you get to the end of something like that and the, the little girl makes a decision to do something like that would be seen as much more negative because mm-hmm. it's like a kid character and they've been mistreated, you're le- you're more likely to forgive that a little bit than you would be under other it's circumstances. True. It is. It's true. You do forgive 
the the child characters a lot more like in the YA fiction yep. when they do things. Whereas, like in the Hunger Games, they're killing each other, and oh, everybody's yeah. like, "Oh, but that's my favorite character!" Like this person who's murdered a bunch of people. Like, like, um, like, are you sure? True. Like, yeah. I mean, and you see that in a lot of different books. You yeah. know, like you get a free pass because it's like, oh, it's a kid, so you know they don't know any better. But like, put yourself in that situation. Like, yeah. If, like I think of like you know um child soldiers for example yes like, yeah that must be terrifying God, because be there's no like level of you know reasoning not as much you know? no 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 there's a little bit less of i guess like a like a, an emotional or moral compass to an extent yeah. particularly when you're given when you are told at a very young age that you can kind of do what you want yeah or your job is to kill people is to like kill people. in the hunger games like they're they're taught in the in the earlier or the you know district one two three they're the ones who are from trained. a young age trained to do to this, be able to win, to win if and they so are like, chosen it's yeah. ingrained in their personalities yeah and killers. that's all it's it is an interesting example in the hunger games because of course the further you go down the totem pole with the districts and yeah. how poor they are and how little they have access to yeah. um the more that it's terrifying to be chosen for the Hunger Games, whereas, you know, Districts 1, 2, 3, it's a glory. It's a glory. It's pro- yeah, they're it's proud pride. to be doing it, because chances are one of them's going to win. <laughs> yeah. so. Only one of them, though. The I know. The rest of you die. The like, rest of you die, so, like, I wouldn't be too thrilled about yeah, that, exactly. but whatever. It's seen as something that's glory as opposed to just survival totally. and making it through, which yeah. is always an interesting kind of aspect of that. Um, but, yeah, I would say, I think most of the time, I would say it's the focus on the characters as opposed to the world and the overall tone and hope of the story is probably what makes the biggest difference and how you'll know the most. Am I reading YA or am I reading adult yeah. like apocalyptic fiction? And what does how do I feel about either of those? And when you're not too sure which one you're reading, the lines get a little blurred and it yeah. gets a little weird. And it can get a little bit weird depending <laughs> on what it is that you're reading. But yeah. yeah. What do you guys think of let's say do you have like a preference between the two? Like would you rather something maybe a little bit more realistic and more focused on the character development and the world itself, or would you prefer something that's a little bit more hopeful and a little bit more about like accomplishing a goal and, you know, a love interest or something thrown in there just because, you know, sometimes I can add a more positive aspect to a story, obviously. Uh, you can let us know about that over on Instagram, TikTok, and threads at fullybookedca. And you can also check out our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. But until next week, guys, keep on reading. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone.